Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We are back with Black Comics Chat. This is Marcus Kwame, and uh, we have another extra special episode with one of the nicest dudes in comics, our, our, our homie uh, Jerome Walford. But before we get to that, as always, we're going to start with the, the Black Comics Chat introductions. You know, first up, we have, you know, always fresh off her award tour. We got the the international lady of mystery, the the Carmen San Diego of the crew, and the Lord G rocker number one. We've got Grace. In the house. I like that they're getting back. I love it. You know, Marcus, I, I tell you, you got to be my personal hype man. Yeah, be. no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> like I'm putting you on the payroll. Yes, for sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> gotta lift well, each other up. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, but yes, what's going on, Black Comics Chat crew? It's uh, good to be here. Um, as Marcus said, it's always great uh, to chat it up. And it's been a minute since I've got a chance to uh, say hey to Jerome. So I'm glad to be in the building with him today. And um, yeah, and also with uh, uh, the newest member of the crew, it's good to be in the same room with him as well, digitally in room, so forth, I guess one could say. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just excited. You know, I guess you all can see, feel and see the energy in me. So uh, without further delay, I'll pass the mic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And next up, we, you've seen him in the streets, you've seen him in the tweets. You know, we got the, the <laughs> author extraordinaire, you know, always hanging upside down. We got our, our good friend and new uh, newest member of the Black Comics Chat crew that bring us up to the Furious Five. We've got Anthony Otero, Latinegro in the house. Hey, what's up? This is the, the snarkiest Avenger. Uh, I operate the Red Lion. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Um just get. I mean, I'm excited. It's first time me and Grace are, are vibing, right? Uh, in the same space, so I'm, I'm I'm happy and I'm excited to to get in this with with Jerome. So um, let's get to it. Definitely. So yeah, without any further ado, Jerome's definitely. Is this your? This is at least your third appearance, if not fourth, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're you're one of our you're one of our premier. 
premier guest. Next time, I'm bringing my bags. <laughs> you know, like you, you about to be a vet in this, you know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But no, it's it's always fun to hang out with you guys, man. I always appreciate the just the deep thoughts, positive vibes, and it's just great to be on with uh, you know folks that can appreciate you know the mainstream pop culture, but also uh, you know what we're doing struggling down here in the, the mean streets of uh indie publishing so um it's always great to be on with people who know what we do oh yeah no definitely and yo i mean indie first you know we definitely love you know all sorts of media but um i think our, our hearts are definitely with with indie and uh you know you are obviously no no exception as the uh man behind forward comics so, you know, I guess for anyone who didn't catch your, your previous appearances, can you, um, you know, run down your, your origin story and the origins of Forward Comics? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been in um, marketing and design for a long time. And um, but even before that, I was uh, one of those kids who read comic books and did drawings on the kitchen floor. So I can remember going through and rifling through old co copies of uh, X-Men and uh, Teen Titans uh, that I got handed down from my aunts and cousins, you know, because, of course, they run out of space, so they had, you know, let, let's just pass it along. So I was able to really enjoy it at a young age. But now that, you know, a little time has passed, I've tried to gather my skills from advertising and bring it to the forefront to produce... Um, you know, a line of comic books that I think uh, shows my heart, shows where where I'm heading uh, in in the publishing, just to kind of use that space to tell something that you know I think uh, is a is a better vehicle to to do it on a platform like indie comics, where I can sort of have the room to tell something that's a little bit different and to engage the audience in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and last time you were on, we spoke about um, some of your you know you're doing something really cool where you were releasing a lot of your short stories. I like that approach in that it allowed you to jump into the stories and kind of get, allow, allow people to familiarize themselves with the characters, um, you know, without having to necessarily wait for all the time it takes to create a 30, 40 page book. Yeah, very true. So like, I mean, that the, the, the pinnacle of that was being able to work on the Guan anthology. And so and thanks again for being a part of that, by the way. Oh yeah, of course. Um, you know, so, Essentially, yeah, it gave me a chance to kind of just take a break from uh, Nowhere Man, which is a, a really, you know, intense deep dive into a, a, a character that's, you know, got a lot of layers uh, and, and other characters that, uh, you know, kind of really support uh, his journey. So it was nice to kind of take a, a break and do something that's much more short and compact and, and, and also gave me a chance to collaborate with some really talented people, uh, you know, over 30 different writers and artists from different countries and we all kind of came together to this really unique project. So it was a nice little break. And like you're saying before, you can sort of just jump in and pick up a story and then come back to it at a later time. Um, but then sort of thinking about what we want to do for next year, um, Forward Comics, you know, is it's starting to evolve. It's starting to grow. And I'm thinking through, you know, I might have been the founder, but how does it, you know, begin to take on a life of its own beyond what I can do by myself? And so... The dream for next year is to launch four substantial projects. You know, we're going to do a novel, uh, Nowhere Man Volume 3, a graphic novel, um, Moon's Ostrich, which is like a, going to be a substantial graphic novel, and then do 
maybe like a shorter comic. So that will give us a nice spectrum to be able to just introduce a lot of content over the next year. And uh, again, bring together lessons that we've learned over the process of doing Guan, being able to find ways to bring in other voices, whether it is in the editorial process or even in the art process to, you know, expand it beyond what one person can do by themselves. So you mentioned you mentioned Nowhere Man, and you know that's definitely what we're we're here to speak about because everyone that can hear the sound of our voices, if you haven't uh, supported the campaign, then you know you should definitely check it out right now on Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, l- let's uh, let's talk about about Nowhere Man for the listeners. Yeah, so Nowhere Man is the the very first project I want to do as an independent creator. It centers around Jack McGuire, who is the the son of a uh, fallen 9-11 hero. Uh, his dad died being a hero on that day, and so Jack kind of lives in the shadow of that legacy. Um, he tries to follow in his father's footsteps to become a cop with the NYPD, but his life is starting to fall apart by the time the story starts. He's, you know, he's basically about to lose his job. He's made a lot of missteps there, and um, you know, he's a little twist turned around. But he's given this really rare opportunity where he happens to have, in secret, been using this technology to kind of boost his performance on the job. But it turns out the technology, um, the way he got it seemed accidental, but it was actually meant for a purpose. And so he begins to discover the purpose behind that. And it leads him on this really um, uh, dangerous um, solo mission, if you will, to try to avert or you know, disrupt the flow of um, illegal arms trafficking in New York City. And um, he gets to this point where he can't basically be a cop and be a quote-unquote secret hero at the same time. He has to basically choose one path or the other. And the first two volumes uh, were published over a series of six books uh, in total, and they kind of cover his journey to that point of trying to get to a point where he can try to either balance the two lives or basically choose one. Um, and he's been sort of backed into a corner where now he thought he had help, but then now he realizes basically on his on his own, he has to basically stop um, in this new emergence of the technology and how it's taking over uh, various uh, persons and doing a lot of harm. So, so yeah, it's been a, a great journey with this character. Volume three is going to be a really amazing addition to the series. Uh, it's planned for about eighty pages. Um, and right now I'm doing, doing the coloring on it. You know, all the uh, inking is done, all the, the lettering is done. I just need to do the coloring. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be um, something that I really hope that people will uh, embrace. So you mentioned, the you know, the previous two volumes. Being that that uh, this is essentially your, your first character um, with Forward Comics, how would you say, um, you know, your approach to the series has evolved or how, how has the character evolved over the years? I think I've learned a lot about the process of telling a really good comic story. You know, in the beginning, I just kind of jumped into it, you know. Mm. I had this story that I really liked, and I had some background in art and, uh, you know, just marketing or whatever. And then so I was trying to bring that to the, to the table. But then I think over the process, I've learned a lot about how to just tell a really good story. And I've had a lot of help, too, um, just to learn the craft of storytelling and really improving that area. So I've evolved a lot, and I think the characters evolved a lot too. But I think I've probably learned a lot more from the character, you know, just as as a as a creator, just learning from the process and learning from the character, kind of just letting the story kind of just speak 
back to me and then the character kind of quote unquote speak back to me and sort of say which direction it should go in and I think being open to that process that creative process has really helped me a lot to not just kind of just be locked into something or some idea but then kind of allow the the process to unfold as as naturally as possible Okay. So with with this particular character, um, for those that may know or may not know, like, I guess what kind of inspired the, the story or even, you know, the character itself for you? And, you know, um, and then in addition to that, like what kept you going to continue, you know, uh, McGuire's story? I think initially it, it, it was loosely based on a, a story idea that I had in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of goes back a little, quite a ways. Uh, so it was kind of loosely based on this idea about this guy who was kind of his life was a little bit out of control, and uh, there are people sort of helping him to try to get him to go in the right direction. Uh, but then it slowly evolved over that over time because, you know, I kind of understand this kind of personality archetype, but I didn't really understand what made him tick. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of got back to a point where I was working on. Trying like for the literally like the fifth time trying to boot this idea, um, and then I said, you know what? What's why is he such a wreck? You know, <laughs> why right. is this guy such a mess? Um, and then this idea just kind of clicked. Maybe, um, maybe it's something about his past. Maybe something about his dad. Um, and so I remember I was like, this was like the fifth time I was redrawing the first page. And I had an idea for a scene where you could sort of just look downtown and see the night skyline and it being on a very particular day. And mm-hmm. then then just kind of clicked. Yeah, it's like the 9-11 memorial. You can actually see the lights from this angle looking down the street. And I was like, it just it just hit me. His dad was was there that day, you know? Gotcha. And then it all just like, like almost like in a uh, infinite second everything just kind of just came together and uh, it kind of made sense, you know, like why is this such a mess? And so uh, I think I was able to sort of understand that, you know, I don't necessarily understand all the parts of his character and why he makes the choices he does, but that kind of that underlying core, I can sort of understand that. I know it's like to kind of lose, lose your, lose your dad too early. And um, you know, it, it, it impacts people in different ways, but I kind of understand that process. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to, put a little bit of that into the character, even though he's not me, I can sort of put a little bit of that into the character to kind of bring him to life. And I think that just kind of really sparked because I remember the first time I showed the first book to someone who reviewed it. And it was the weirdest thing. I was, I was there at New York comic con and I had like a really tiny little space. And this guy came over to, to kind of say, Oh, okay. I see you got an indie book here. Let me just check it out. He just sat down and just kind of talked. I said, this is what I'm trying to do. And believe it or not, the guy just broke down crying. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do with this guy? <laughs> what did I do? Um, but, but then it kind of made sense. I was like, yeah, this is the heart. This is the heart of the character right here. I think mm. I've got it. So now how do we kind of flesh that out? So it's just been a battle over the last, you know, like four years to just really flesh that out. Um, that emotion, that heart. Um, and of course, the great fun stuff that people like to write, you know, the, the action and, you know, unfitting of different powers and abilities, that's, that makes it kind of fun. But right. then, you know, still maintain that heart. 
so in addition to that, I, you know, I saw that you mentioned on the Kickstarter page that this is the series finale. Yeah. So yeah, what what is what is that like? Um, in obviously, you know, we just spoke about the journey you've had with the character, but what is it like to really be come to a point where you're you're kind of tying things up? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a little tough because I think. In my mind, I kind of imagined it as just being like a mini series, you know. I knew what the beginning was like, and I knew what the ending was like, but I didn't know all the steps in between. Mm. But I, I knew uh, roughly that it was going to be a three-volume series. It was going to get to roughly around just a little bit over 300 pages, and that was going to be it. Like I had to get to the end because if when you get to the end, I don't want to spoil it, but when you get to the end, like it was, it's going to be. It's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be heartbreaking. It's gonna be all of that all at once. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we so if we don't do that, I feel like I'd have cheated the process. You know, I would have gotten all like the little kernels, but I wouldn't have gotten the, the real, the real heart of it. Um, so it kind of has to get to that point. And I think we're there. And it's beautiful and sad at the same time because I, you know I really like the character a lot, and I think people have really embraced him. But I think it has to get to that point uh, for it to really mean something. So, um, so yeah, I think we're there. We are, um, with, with the way the book is right now, with the way volume three is at right now, with 80 pages, we're like literally 20 to 40 pages away from that moment. Um, I think if the campaign does well, and if I'm able to fund it the way I want to, I want to just one book, maybe roughly around a hundred pages. Mm. Uh, and then that will be it. Um, if we have to kind of stretch it out a little bit because the campaign didn't do uh, really big, then that's okay. Maybe we'll do two books, but but it has to close, and we're really close to that moment where it closes. So um, that being said, I think um, I, you know I'd like to see it be one book, but maybe it'll be two books. But uh, but but the moment is really right there, so we, we've got to get there, and I think we will within the next year. No, definitely. So let's talk about the the, the plus in you know nowhere men plus uh, in this campaign um and first of all I, I do think you'll get there because I, I think that you know black comic chat's got your back in the in the the black comic oh, thank you. army thank you you know we're, we're, we're going to get yes. together man we're going we're gonna yes. to right. of course of course <laughs> all right but um yeah let's let's talk about the, the plus though like you um if everyone you know listening to this goes to the nowhere man plus kickstarter page like it's it's not just nowhere man you know there's a lot of really really cool stuff here um you know you got revolting you've got uh um i'm really interested in uh this uh zombie tale or is it uh, yeah yeah Yeah, this looks really really cool yeah you know i I think um i I think uh for the journey at least for me as a creator to be really worth it that Mm -hmm. i've gone through with uh nowhere man because it has been sort of this really beautiful but kind of dark and, and a little bit draining uh series i think we've got to sort of balance it out and so what, that's what we're trying to do with this campaign we're trying to balance it out so that we have some stuff that's heartbreaking but then some other stuff that's really fun mm. and then something that maybe gives us a, an idea for what we're going to be doing in the future so we're trying to set it up that yeah it's a bit of a stretch right an indie publisher small little tiny publisher like us we're going to take on four projects next year that sounds crazy <laughs> nuts i tell you um, but, but, you know, we've tried to make it manageable. I mean, two out of the, the, the four projects are really close to being done. So revolting, we're just editing that and getting it tweaked. Uh, nowhere man is really, really close. And then moon's ostrich and Zuwambi, those two projects are going to be the main production, uh, focal points for next year. Um, 
so it's definitely doable. Um, so, so yeah, Revolting, uh, just to kind of quickly talk about that, is the second book in the Curse of the Griffin series, which is basically a reimagining of uh, vampire mythology to make them part of one seamless universe with high fantasy. Um, so the first book did really well. It's kind of like a kind of like a little bit under the radar because we don't promote it as as much. But essentially, it's a it's a novel format. So if you like, you know, kind of like you know, reading like a like a a fantasy novel, um, it's it's in that kind of format. So. Uh, you know, it's something a bit of a stretch for us, but I think it was really good to kind of just say, if we didn't have all the visuals to work with, could we still tell a really good story? And that was kind of the, the motivation behind doing it that way, because I didn't want to sort of say, okay, yeah, we're really good at doing comics, but, you know, you know, uh, are we good just at being storytellers? Um, and I think doing a novel format has worked really well with the first book, Daniel's Pride, and so now we want to add to that. So Revolting continues that um that uh, that storyline of uh, uh, this Cross of the Griffin series that we're doing, um, so that should be really fun. Cool, cool. And the art, the art is looking sharp on the. I know you mentioned it's a it's a prose novel, but like I love the uh, the imagery that you have um, for revolting here. Oh, thanks, yeah. thanks. And we um and last time you were on, we spoke about about Moon's Ostrich. Um, because we, you know, we had a short preview, which was really, really good. So, yeah, tell us about how this, that series is going to be expanding. So, yeah, Moon's Ostrich is um, the, the lighter, you know, more fun side of things that we're doing. Um, it centers around Moonrite, who is a 10-year-old engineering prodigy. Um, what I really personally like about it is that we get a chance to kind of just break away and do something that's a little bit more fun something more kids friendly. So then that way, not all of our titles are too, you know, too up there. Um, so it gives us a chance to do something that's, um, has heart. It's a little bit more on the fun side. Moon's ostrich. It took us a while to kind of figure out what the script looks like because that, that preview was kind of really fun, but it didn't really tell a, it, at least the way I feel about it now, looking back, like the story didn't really fill out as much as we wanted to. The visuals were awesome. But uh, but didn't really fill out like a, a fully fleshed out character. So we took roughly about two years to kind of just try to figure out how to tell a really good kids focused story, right? So it wasn't like too like over over their heads, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Mm. Um, but but uh, but um, yeah, it took a while because you know like it's one thing to write you know a character that you that you kind of know because you're kind of roughly in the same age group. Or just you know just a little bit older than them, but you know, how do you write for a kid who has a very particular view on the world? So it took a while to figure that out. But I think we're there. The script is really strong, and um, bringing in my rock, my my uh, my story editor, and bringing in uh, Rebecca Griffin Green, who's our you know our line editor. I think they've both been really great, and also kind of adding to that perspective. Of, you know, how do you write for like a young a young girl versus like you know just writing for you know your average dude. Uh, was a really good learning process for me too, you know. So, so talk about that a little bit, um, because obviously, you know, we believe that there needs to be stories for everyone, and everyone needs to be able to see themselves in stories. So, what what did you learn, you know, in in that process? Yeah, one of the things that I learned was that just because certain things are really important to me as a writer and really important to the story, doesn't necessarily mean that the character is going to see it the same way. 
And so how do you write for a character who has their own set of um, priorities that may or may not be in line with where you want the arc to go? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. Actually, it could be really interesting kind of to see how a character responds to being in an environment where they, they have certain priorities that are important to them and they want to go that direction. And, you know, um, but then you know, there's all this other stuff going on. How do you sort of make that make that work? And so the essential uh, the essential summary or uh, pitch for uh, Moon's Ostriches is that it follows this 10 year old uh, engineering prodigy who builds a mechanical ostrich to impress her estranged father. Um, but she's not really aware uh, as to why he might have left the family in the first place. And she's thinking that just by impressing him or doing something that would win the local fair would be enough of a message to him that he should come home. Um, But again, she doesn't really understand that um, life is a little more complicated than that. Um, And, uh, you know, again, how do you balance that kind of like very interesting, uh, intricate dynamic with someone who, wants to do something that's really daring and really fun um, and has a very different perspective on the world and, and her place in it. I'm just I'm fascinated by all this. Um, my, my questions are, are based on, uh, on writing um, mm-hmm. because, you know, being someone who I, I always feel I need to write and I, I'm always kind of constantly writing. What is your, what is your motivation to come up with, all these pages because I, I see the, the this art and I, and I also see you know the the novel and um, what, what is your motivation like how do you write so much <laughs> um, I think part of it comes from uh, just being really struck by the characters I think mm-hmm. for me it's always been um, at least my process is very uh, uh, character-centered, where you may feel really um, inspired by the character. Uh, maybe maybe it's one character, maybe it's a series of characters in the story, and then you kind of just, you just basically chase them for, <laughs> for mm-hmm. however many pages until you figure out, you know, where they're going. Um, and, and so it kind of leads to uh, sometimes a very slow process of just cranking out pages or cranking out uh, um, a script that helps you kind of catch up to that character and then tell, tell whatever story it is that they're kind of dragged you into. Um, so I think there is kind of like, certainly there's, there is a lot of the technique that I've been learning over the last several years about how to craft and tell a really good story. You know, the techniques of, uh, of writing and, 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 uh, establishing an arc for, for a character per se, or those kind of dynamics. But I think for me, at least uh, it starts out with just being really compelled by the character and then just pick up the tools that you need <laughs> as you right, go along right, right, to right, be able to tell right. a really good story. Do you find it more challenging to sort of create characters in, in the novel version versus uh, the comic version in the sense that I know in, in writing a novel, you know, you have to start, you know, uh, showing the audience where you want to go in terms of scenery. Uh, in mm-hmm. comics, the, the art you have the artist to do that, you know. So mm-hmm. do you find that to be more or less uh, difficult or more challenging? Yeah, I think it's definitely more challenging in the, in the, the novel format because um, 
you can't necessarily rely so much on going back to the artwork, you know, you can maybe in a, in a comic book format, you can sort of like, okay, build a script that's mostly dialogue driven and then sort of say, okay, we're going to figure out exactly what the, what that looks like um, at a later date. Um, you have to basically construct everything, at least uh, from, from, from the way I see it, when you're doing a novel, you're constructing all that once, right? So mm-hmm. you're doing the dialogue, mm-hmm. you're doing the uh, scene building. So all that has to happen seamlessly at once. And so it's a very different process. And I kind of was very naive about it. So maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> you know? so I just kind of jumped in and say, yeah, I'm going to do a novel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. Until six you start I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. What I get into? Um, so yeah, I think it's like, you know, um, definitely much more challenging because it has to be very seamless, uh, when you're in novel format. Uh, but yeah, I think I've learned a lot over the years and, uh, you know, one of the things I think I've probably learned, uh, by trial and error is that, you know, wow, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty good at writing dialogue. I didn't realize how, how <laughs> difficult that can be. <laughs> I didn't realize how challenging it can be, but I kind of realized that, oh, dialogue flows for me a lot more quickly than, uh, world building with with words and so you know i kind of had to figure out how to you know gain those skill sets to kind of make sure that everything kind of worked together now could you see your any of you know whether it's the ya novels the comic the graphic novel with nowhere man or moon's ostrich could you see them in a format outside of um the written in art like as far as like in and uh a, a movie format or a short story like video format um or has that something that's ever you know crossed the mind as far as taking it uh into another medium the stories into another medium oh absolutely i mean yeah don't, oh don't get me started but yeah i mean I, I could i could i could easily see um nowhere man you know on screen um, and, and certainly moves the ostrich too. I think both of those in my head, they're already kind of like moving images in my head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those could be translated very easily. Uh, uh, and I think probably with, uh, with Zuwambi too, I think this fourth project that we're working on, um, you know, I, you know, again, I was kind of compelled by this character and then now it's like, okay, how do you sort of capture that in a comic book format, but then kind of realizing that it's in my head, it's still kind of like this moving image, you know, how do we kind of make sure that it gets captured on the page? Um, so yeah, that's always something that uh, I'm dreaming about. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see, we'll see if that happens. Maybe that'll be the oh, next yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Hey, <laughs> you called it, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So um, just in, in relation to, to Tony's question about um, about writing, like on Zoombi, uh am I pronouncing that right? Is it Zoombi? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's Zoombi. very good. Okay, okay, good, good. So, yeah, so um, based on what, what I read, it, it seems like you're not, you're not doing the interiors on that book? That's right. So the, the plan with Zoombi is that uh, we're going to do a 20-pager, um, and I'll, I'll do, uh, you know, something along the lines of what I think will be uh, a chance for me to just let go a little bit. Mm. Um, I think in order for forward comics to grow, I have to be, be able to kind of just step back and, um, and be mature enough where I can sort of say, this is what I want to do. How do I put together a team that helps me to accomplish that? 
And how do I trust them enough to kind of just say, okay, I'm going to just, you know, enter into a creative process with them and then have enough trust. I can sort of step back and let them bring what they can to the table. So essentially what I, what I did was that I had an idea and then I, I, you know, um, I had an idea of what I wanted Zwombe to look like. And I was like, I know who can do that. I don't know if I can convince them, but I'm going to try. <laughs> so <laughs> I said my, my, my concepts and the, the early script uh, to uh, Kenan White, who, uh, you know, you guys are probably familiar with his work. He's very talented and very busy right now. Um, so um, for listeners who don't know uh, Kenan White, he's a, a very talented artist who's worked on stuff for Dabble Brothers. He's done covers for Image. He did uh, Hellfighters and Uber. Those are probably the two biggest projects he's known for right now. Um, it was just released not too long ago that he uh, did the interiors for Son of Shaolin, which has been doing great. Um, so, yeah, I basically sent the concept to, uh, to Kanan, and, uh, you know, he really liked the idea. So uh, one of the main reasons why we're doing this campaign is to raise the funds to bring him on to fully do the interiors for Zuwambi. Um, so that's a very, I mean, it's a very big step for me yeah. personally to kind of, kind of say, I'm going to be involved in the creative process with someone else who's going to be doing most of the art. Right. You know, maybe I'll get a chance to still do some concept building stuff. Maybe I'll do some covers, but at least for the interiors on this, the main reason why we're doing this campaign is, is to certainly cover the cost of printing for all four projects, but uh, a large part of that is so that we can bring Kanan in to, to do the interiors for Zuambi. Right. And he's already working on some stuff right now, that which actually looks really fantastic. So, I mean, I can't wait to, to, to show that off. So, yeah, like, as, as someone who's historically, you know, really told both sides of, of this medium, that's a balance of writing and art, you know, has it been tough to, uh, to step back and let go of, of the visual side of it? Yeah, I think for me personally, it, it, it is tough. And I think it's, it's against part of that, you know, sort of trust and control thing where, you know, I have to sort of begin to think more as, um, you know, how can, how can we do more as a publisher? How can, do, how can we do more as forward comics, not just maybe one or two products a year? How can we get beyond that? And the only way to really do that is to be able to bring on a team. And to have that trust in, in place where you can sort of say that, okay, here's what we want to do. Who's the right fit for that project? You know, who, who can sort of emotionally buy into that idea and bring their skills uh, to, to, to bear on that project? And, and uh, so I think that that's part of the growth process for me, sort of saying, you know, I'm responsible now. <laughs> you know, you know, forward comics is kind of like my baby. I've got to do what, the right thing, and sometimes the right thing to do is to kind of just back off a little bit, um, and and uh, and and bring in other people that can sort of help to make sure that certain things happen. Where, yeah, I can't do it by, all by myself. You know, um, the editorial process is something I love being involved with, but you know, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm a terrible line editor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, how do we bring in a great editorial team? How do we bring in a great e creative team uh, on a project? And I think this will give us a chance to kind of experiment with that idea. You know, we have um, Canon White on interiors. We have Maya Rock and Rebecca Griffin Green as um, the main editors on the project. And, and uh, my wife will also be uh, a volunteer um, um, um advising editor on this because uh, 
because she, you know, first of all, because she's amazing. Um, <laughs> second of all, because of course, um, to state the obvious, you know, because of her cultural background, she has a lot of insight into what works uh, for what we're trying to do. Um, so yeah, essentially, in a nutshell, Zuwambi follows um, this African warrior who has been displaced to 15th century uh, Fujian province in China. And so while he's there, he's trying to figure out how to make sense of why he's there and, and how to get back home. But in the meantime, he has to basically adapt and be a part of the society there. So he essentially takes up the role of being um, uh, a leader of special forces for, for the local army. Um, but in the midst of his desperation to try to get back home, he makes this really unholy um, uh, bargain that basically um, might cost him his soul. And so the story kind of falls along that that um, in, in that process where he's essentially now become, slowly becoming uh, um, a part of the undead. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, it, it is a zombie tale. It's a, a patient zero uh, zombie tale, and it should be kind of interesting to kind of see how things unfold. That's cool. And obviously, with a, a a genre such as zombies that's been been around for a while, it's it's always really cool to see a, a fresh take on it. Awesome. Thanks. Is your writing process different in a process? Because obviously, this is way far more collaborative as you just described. But the actual writing, the words you put on the page, like. How how does that adapt to um, working with other people? Yeah, I think things move a little bit slower. You know, uh, I, I think when you're sort of doing a, a solo work by yourself, you then you sort of just you just have your own sort of voice to worry about. I think in a collaborative process, you have to sort of allow time to kind of naturally um, allow that collaboration to kind of give you enough feedback to to make it work. Um, so, yeah, I think particularly with uh, both Moon's Ostrich and Zuwambi, there was a lot of time to kind of just create something, let it sit, and then send it to the editors, get that feedback from them, then allow, allow their, 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 uh, their input to kind of just sink in so that when I go back to the script to, to, to make those edits, to make those uh, uh, integrations that you know, that, that, that it would all kind of work together. So, yeah, I think it's part of the process of allowing more time. It's part of allowing more voices to come in and uh, not be so closed off in the process. Um, and it takes a lot of trust too, right? You know, any group project that you do involves a lot of trust. And so for me, it's been sort of saying, you know, I kind of know where I want to go, but then, you know, how can I be open enough to kind of let things just kind of twist and turn in ways that, Maybe a little bit unexpected, but then in the end could be really good. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. So being that we're here to speak about about the Kickstarter campaign to, to bring all of these good things to life, um, can you tell the people about like what they can get, what the perks they can get if they uh, if they support? Yes, yes, please. We need your support. <laughs> you know, first of all, um, so so yeah, the way we structured it is that. We want the Kickstarter campaign to kind of give that really, that really big boost. So, so yeah, we're 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 probably setting our limit a little bit higher than we've done in the past, but we think we can get there. Um, so, each tier is designed to kind of give you the amount of uh, control in terms of how what you want to get involved with. So, you can pledge directly to each project individually, right? You can say, 
you know, I want to get, for sure, I want to get Revolting, or I want to get Nowhere Man, or Moon's Ostrich, or Zombie. So there's that. Or you can pledge to get all four projects, and we basically works like a subscription model. So you get each project as they're published, you know, um, and um, I think the price point kind of works there, or works for that. And then, of course, there's some higher levels where you can um, you can uh, become like a producer level. So like you put a little bit more in, but then you get those producer credits uh, in each of the book, each of the titles. So again, it's designed so you can. You know, you can pledge or vote for the project you want to get specifically, or you want to get a, a bundle, or you want to, you know, be like a producer to kind of just make sure that we get the kind of momentum that we're looking for going into next year. And I, I think that's a really, um, you know, because a, a lot of times a lot of projects are focused on, you know, one one piece. But being that, you know, you are one of the busiest uh, people I know, you know, creative people I know. <laughs> Um, it's, it's cool that, you know, people know that they're supporting not just the one book, but, um, you know, just your, your whole year's output and really helping that that's come together. So I urge everyone to, uh, to definitely go and support this project. Actually, while we were speaking, I put in my, my pledge tonight. So I did too. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you know, we, we, we put our money where our mouth is. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, and I mean, you you put it right. You know um, that uh, we are what we're trying to do is 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 fund our entire slate for next year. You know, it's not just about like doing something right now. Which again, you know, it works great for a lot of Kickstarters where they say, okay, it's done, and now we just want to, you know, we just want to go to press. I think that's cool, but our approach is a little bit different. We want to we want to really leap into next year, and so uh, you know. Certainly, we have a good chunk of stuff done, but you know what we want to do is not just allow myself to have people come into the creative process, but also allow our fans to come into the creative process too, and sort of say we want to be with you there early and help you to uh, you know fund your entire effort for next year. So you're you're really looking forward, would you say? Yes. 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 Very much. So. I, you very know, much. I, I had to do it because you, you've uh, you've been. It's right there. It's yeah, it's right, right there. there. Yeah, and, it's right there. Yeah. I, I got to give you credit because the whole time you're speaking about like you know your, your 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 foresight and your vision and everything, and you always resist the pun. So I I definitely give you, give you props for that. I, I had to go there though, man. I'm you know, I love my puns, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's really really exciting, and we're really um. Really excited to hear it. Um, as of this recording, uh, I'm going to edit this episode and get it out very quickly. But, um, you know, there are 11 days left in the campaign. And I know that, you know, we can get you to where you need to be, we being the whole community. But, you know, ev everybody listening needs to, to really check it out. You know, and I think if you go to the page and, and look at all the beautiful artwork and, the um, you know, the cool descriptions and just the, the awesome, uh, you know, rewards, I think everyone will definitely want to come in and there's there's definitely a, a tier for everybody so you don't have to break the bank mm -hmm, you, know? mm -hmm. you want to make it really reasonable and one of the things that we did just like in the last few days actually is that we we polished up our video in the beginning we we're just kind of just doing it very loose now we just made it a lot tighter and we actually have this really cool voiceover that kind of explains everything <laughs> so it makes it a lot more uh, clearer than it might have been in the beginning so yeah there's a new video um we've also you know unveiled the fourth project before it was kind of like secretive now it's unveiled so you get to see what that fourth project is so if you want to fund it you're like 
Now I know what it is. I now I know what I'm going to get. <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier to commit. Cool, cool. Let's let's keep it moving. Keep it moving forward. You know. You did it again. You I did, did it again. I had to. I, I, had to. You know, you know. <laughs> I like that. Keep going. One, that's the last one. That's the last one. I promise. I promise. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, fascinated by by all this. I've I've just been on the page just reading um, all the descriptions and then sort of admiring the the. Um, the artwork so i i would suggest you know to everyone listening that they they do the same uh definitely just immerse yourself in in all this and if you haven't backed uh projects from um this before then you know go back you know go to amazon you know buy the first book buy the first novel buy the you know do that if you feel that you need to catch up in order to be a part of the uh the project um because i i think that you know if you're you're new to this you might be like oh you know i want to i want to get the first novel before i even pledge to the second novel well then you know now is your opportunity to do that mm-hmm. um yes you may have a certain amount of time but that's okay you can still pledge and then go back and get the first book so right. um i i think that we definitely need to get on this and, and push this yeah and that, that that's a really good point um Jerome, where where can people? Because I know you're on a few platforms, but where can people find the previous works if they want to do their homework? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the uh, the previous uh, works for those two titles for the Curse of the Griffin series. The first book is Daniel's Pride. That's available on Amazon, and we actually have a few copies here in the studio. Um, so you can order through our website, um, forwardcomics.com. You go there. You can uh, click on that uh, first one and, uh, and 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 shop and, and get that, and we'll we'll mail it out to you. Um, for Nowhere Man, there are there are about six books in in the series so far. You can find them on Amazon. You can find them on Comixology. So if you want to like save a little bit there, you can do that way too. One of the other things that we're going to try to do as well is that once we get to the end of the campaign, if we're successful, and we're really hoping that we will be. Once we get to the end of the campaign, we're going to do add-ons. So let's say you mm. pledged and like the campaign is successful, we're going to do uh, like a backer kit type thing where we will have those other books available as add-ons. So you can basically add them to your pledge, and then you get like an entire really nice stack of books. Um, so yeah, that'll be available for uh, Nowhere Man and also for Curse of the Griffin. So so yeah. Those will be available at the end of the campaign in addition. But, yeah, if you want to, like, like uh, Tony was saying, if you want to get an early start, you can go to Amazon um, and order them there or, or check them out on, on digital platforms. Oh, definitely. And I believe the, the first novel, Daniel's Pride, is, is also on Kindle if you, if you like mm. that sort of thing. Oh, that's um, right. So I Look think that, that does help, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's numerous it's options. Yeah. <laughs> numerous, right? Very we try to make accessible. it. We try to make it uh, as available as possible. Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, uh, listeners, you 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 have your homework. You know, please go uh, support in whatever way you can. And you know, spreading the word is a really important way to support as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just you know, make people aware of this because there's there's there are people everywhere who are looking for you know, good stories for better stories for representation. Um, and you know, you get all of that with forward comics. So, um, you know, the next time you're speaking to your friend and they're like, man, what's, what's up with, you know, movie X or whatever, 
you know, just tell them, send them over to Forward Comics and like, you know, tell them about this, this campaign and help them, tell them to support the change that they want, you know, and so, mm-hmm. yeah. Very true. true. And in addition to the campaign, where can folks just like find you just in general, as far as like on the internet, since if they want to like reach out or to see your, your progress just in general. Sure. So we, we have our, um, our home base, which is our website forwardcomics.com, and that's C O M I X, but it's also available, uh, with the regular spelling too. So forwardcomics.com, uh, for, uh, finding us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and also on Instagram, all by the same handle, uh, Forward Comics. That's C O M I X, and uh, yeah, we usually hang out on those three platforms: uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, there you have it. Yeah. All right. Well, Jerome, you know it's it's always a pleasure to have you on and we look forward to your, your fifth and sixth appearances on black comics chat and... <laughs> thank you you called, called it already yeah, so yeah. uh thank you so much it's always great to be on with you guys and thank you for the support it means it means so much it means a great deal okay cool. and just oh go ahead Grace. just as a plug um just to add to that um i think jerome is one of the ones where we actually got to um talk with him when he was at new york comic-con like i remember um, oh, like yeah. was in between something yeah. and we were literally having a chat. You're absolutely chat right. Yeah. yeah, I think it was it was just you, <laughs> you and you and me, Grace. And uh, yeah, I remember Jerome was, you know, he, he made time and it, right. Yeah, you could hear the con going on around him. But it was yeah, it was an awesome experience. It's always great to just uh, talk in person. I like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like just to be able to kind of just, uh, yeah, carve out that time and, 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 and uh, make it worth your while. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, definitely. All right, folks. Well, you know, thank you for listening uh, to this episode, and uh, yeah, we are we're looking forward to seeing the positive um, and the the successful fulfillment of this campaign. So let's let's go out I there and make it happen. There. I see what you did there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> I, 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 I draw, but I'm a bit of a wordsmith at, at times. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Black comics, Black chat. comics, Black chat. comics chat.